You're listening to The Voyager in association with Turkish Airlines on Monocle 24. Hello and welcome to The Voyager here on Monocle 24. Monocle's travel show spotlighting outposts of opportunity for business, pleasure and inspiration all around the world. I'm Steve Bloomfield. This week we're in Amman, where your host is Monocle's Christopher Lord. The landscape of Amman is really its most striking feature. Here, streets slope down steep inclines into heavily urbanised valleys, and then roll back up to teeming peaks and pine tree skylines. From the centre, this is an awesome sprawl of limestone-coloured buildings that has all the extreme contours of a roller coaster. I'm Christopher Lord in the centre of Amman. Now, when I told people that I was heading to Amman this week, they were a touch surprised. You mean the Hashemite kingdom of boredom, some remarked, because Amman is too often thought of as a place to go through, not to. It is wrongly dismissed as a stop-off point by travellers en route to Jordan's main event, namely Wadi Rum, the Dead Sea, and of course, the great rock-cut city of Petra. But in this programme, I want to show that Amman is not just a great city, but an outpost of opportunity too. My guide for this is Hussein Alazat and I'm meeting him at a very well-appointed cafe and fairly recent opening called Shems al-Balad. Founded by the ex-environment minister, this cafe serves a hearty Jordanian breakfast of halloumi cheese, zata manouche and fresh vegetables picked from nearby fields. The whole project started from a tailor shop. He was located in my parents' house in their neighborhood. The tailor's name was Khaled and he's deaf and mute. And I always thought is there any possible way to help him? Because he's really doing very bad business, you know, and uh, and I thought he's talented and he's he has good craft in his hands. So um, the idea remained in my mind for a long time and uh, then I met uh, Ali, Ali al-Masri, and um, I told him about my intention to help that guy. And the idea, I told him, okay, can you imagine if we designed his shop front, you know, and put some graphics on the window, you know, and um, that will, will, will be really a, a great help for him and we will not charge him for anything. We designed uh, a shop front based on the, in our skills in type design and calligraphy and uh, branding um, knowledge that we have. Do you think that there's something about the character of Aman that requires these artisans? I mean, are these guys really the, the heart of this city? Exactly. Exactly, and especially the small businesses in Amman. They are, for me, I think they are the authentic uh, face of Amman. And uh, any city without uh, such artisans, you know, it will be like um, losing a, a very important aspect of the identity. So they are, yes, they are important to the identity of Amman. And um, we are happy that we give them more sustainable business. We are in downtown, in Prince Muhammad Street. And also we can see the old and authentic shops of Amman. The, the problem that uh, a few of them still uh, still there. Many shops has been converted into DVD shops for <laughs> pirated, uh, you know, <laughs> movies. And um, you can see the architecture here. You can see the famous... Uh, wow, this amazing building here, the Jaffra building here. Yeah. 
can see the famous Rolex uh, sign. You can see the Al-Istiklal uh, library, 1940, started, established in 1940. So there's still a few of the old signs around. You can still see a couple of them. But a lot of them now, what you're saying, is being taken over by these inkjet signs. That's, the, that's like, some of the problem. Yeah, this is really a big problem, you know? Because this, uh, the new sign painters or uh, the, new, the new sign makers, they are really not specialized people. They don't know about nothing about um, typography or lettering. Yeah. They are just producing bad signs with any computer font. Now, Hussein, after that brilliant walk through the downtime, we've come outside the Al Mutasab bookshop. Tell me a little bit about this place. How did you come across this place? Yeah, I was customer for that job, and um, after seeing that he went into depression, after um, there is no too many people buying books and the increasing of uh, rent, so I offered him to uh, redesign his uh, shop front and give him like a new identity, respecting his history and the legacy of the area. So we produced uh, a new sign based on classical calligraphy uh, elements, and uh, also we gave it uh, like international look. These guys approached me because they're interested in old-school shops like mine here in Amman. And after they redesigned my shop window, I've seen a renewed interest in what I do, with new customers and a younger generation coming in here, foreigners and Jordanians, fascinated by the vintage books we sell. One of the Wajha principles is not to change everything in the, in the shop. And uh, we, we believe that the shop owner is happy with his own tools and his own style of interior design. So we just place our uh, uh, works outside the shop. And for example, this Abu Ahmed barber shop, we, we consider the whole staircase as a shop front for him. So uh, and we uh, with the distribution of the stenciled uh, the signs, uh, we brought too many customers for him and we give him more exposure. We didn't present for him um, business cards and we didn't paint the shop from inside because we, th we felt uh, what we were doing in the outside was enough. Now, after a quick tidy up at Abu Ahmed's barbershop, I'm going to head up these steep steps outside and into one of the most attractive neighborhoods in Amman, Jebel al-Webde. Now, the important thing to note about Amman is that it's a city that was formed in tandem with successive waves of new arrivals. Whether that was the Syrians who came as early as the 1930s or the Palestinians who arrived en masse in the middle of the century, right through to today, as Syrians escape the ongoing crisis at home. It's historically been a centre of relative calm in a very fractious region. And as the region's major cities struggle to contain a multitude of crises, business is again gravitating to Amman's door. Diplomats are using this city as a base, and nowhere embodies Amman's calm like Jebel al-Wabda. This hillside neighbourhood is home to some of the city's oldest buildings, where pine trees rise above friendly parks and elegant sandstone villas, in which the French Institute and new businesses have moved in. Yet the old Syrian tailors still ply their trade in Jebel al-Wabda. There are the coffee shops, the dry cleaners and the sweet shops, alongside world-leading art galleries. Right now, I'm passing Dara al-Fanoun, without doubt one of the Middle East's leading outposts for contemporary art, with a challenging programme and a world to experiment. Just down the road is Makan, another excellent spot that is as much a research lab as a contemporary art space. On the Square de Paris, I find another creative business that Webder has welcomed to the neighbourhood. My name is Manal Abushmes from Namliya Jam Shop, and we make seasonal artisan handmade jams. We use produce from small traditional farms from around Jordan and we're also architects. We have a small studio in the basement. 
The idea was to create a brand that would promote sustainable living. That was the whole idea. So we wanted to make a product from scratch that would display this concept. And so we thought, like, if we get the fruits from these traditional farmers, the, the way we process the, the, the jams and the way we make them, it would reflect a mindset rather than just a, a product. Because we think everything is connected. That's the thing. Like a design and food and the lifestyle, it's just all connected. The ethics and the principles between the design are the same and making jam. It's just the same. And what kind of flavors of jam have you got in here? Uh, we have seasonal flavors. So every, um, every season we have four to five uh, flavors. We're in winter now, so we have uh, lemon with lavender, quince with vanilla, and fig with fennel seeds. I'm going to take a quick break now, but when we come back, I'm going to check in with a team putting the world's lens on Jordan and trying a little bit of local tipple that's bringing beer back home. Pack your bags, get ready for takeoff, and let Turkish Airlines take you on a journey to more than 270 destinations in over 100 countries around the world including Amman. Turkish flies there 12 times a week. With a fleet of more than 285 state-of-the-art aircraft, no destination is too far. Turkish Airlines, widen your world. If you're in Amman for any length of time, you'll inevitably end up here. It's Rainbow Street. It does have another Arabic name, but nobody really uses it. And the street takes its de facto name from this building, the Rainbow Theatre, Jordan's first cinema that was restored just a few years ago as an art house cinema. Walk along Rainbow Street and you'll hear Spanish voices, Americans, a multitude of Arabic accents being spoken. Not only is this street the home of the British Council, but it's an intersection for the city's expats and locals with great bars, plenty of falafel shops and a few key institutions. Amongst them is the Royal Film Commission, where I'm heading right now. Film is something of a private passion for Abdullah II, the King of Jordan. He's even appeared in an episode of Star Trek. But on the ground here in Amman, the Royal Film Commission is a hub of talent trying to encourage foreign productions to shoot here and schooling locals to become key members of any crew. The commission is housed in an evocative old Jordanian villa close to the Rainbow Street. I put my head in one of the rooms as a class of budding documentary makers were screening their creations. Abdul Salam Al-Hajj. In my department here, capacity building department, we try to, to build the capacity of the Jordanian youth in filmmaking, by provide uh, them uh, workshops, seminars, master classes, give them chance to learn about filmmaking and go with them from beginning level to intermediate to advance. And by that, we, we make them ready to, to, to participate in the film shoot in Jordan as a film crew and give them chance to start their career from that. Back on Rainbow Street now, and I highly recommend that you drop into Books at Cafe if you're in the area. You come for the decent selection of books, but stay for the well-stocked bar upstairs, where young Jordanians settle in for the night with a well-earned shisha pipe. Speaking of refreshment, my next stop is just out of town, where they're serving a rather local brew. So where are we heading now, John? So we're heading up to the brewery. It's just outside the city of Fahes, which is... Uh northwest of Amman. 
we just passed through Dubuque, which is a sort of a ritzy suburb, and now we're more into the actual countryside. So I think we were technically in Fajes right now. Um, but as you can see, it's not, it's not very much, just sort of farms and a couple of little houses around right here. John Hoffman leads tours around Caracale, Jordan's first microbrewery. It was founded by master brewer and entrepreneur Yazan Karadze, a Jordanian who worked in breweries in the US before heading home. We pull up outside the brewery, an unassuming brown factory looking out over some rather biblical looking green hills. This, so right now, this is our water filtration system. We use a very heavy water here in Jordan. We use Jordanian water. It's basically the municipal water. And we can't always fully trust the quality. For the most part, it's good, but you know, when you're serving something to the public, uh, you don't want to say it's Jordanian water to Jordanians, quite frankly. And uh, so we filter it with a sand filter to get particulate matter out, a carbon filter for ozone, chlorine, chloramine, things like that. Those are both really basic aspects of water filtration, but then we have a, an RO system and a TDS system which basically strip it of all mineral content and then add back in mineral content based on the style of water we would like to create. So we can sort of recreate a water profile for a river in central Germany or for Rocky Mountain spring water, things like that. Our blonde, for instance, has a sort of light water. Our pale has a heavier water. And that, that, that sort of change of, of water content, that change of water style almost, like you say, then you can recreate like a, a river in Germany, for instance. That is the root of some of the flavor of the beer, would that be correct to say? Uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And certain styles require a certain type of water. I think one of the things that Caracale has tried to show is that it's almost bringing beer back to its origins, back to the place where it first started. Would that be correct? Absolutely. Not, not a lot of people think about the fact that beer started in the Middle East uh, and is a distinctly Middle Eastern thing. Beer is in the Code of Hammurabi, which is the oldest legal code in existence and also from the Middle East. So at the time that law was invented, uh, beer was already pretty well established. And so by doing this project, by, by actually sort of releasing beer back to the market that's made here, you're somehow bringing things back to full circle, I suppose. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd really like to create a, a culture of beer in Jordan, and that's what's driving our brewery. Uh, our brewmaster, Yezin, could absolutely have created great beers in the U.S. where he was living and working for a long time, but, you know, thought that it was, it was a little bit better to come back to... Uh, to a place which was a little bit of a beer desert and, uh, and brew here. What's that one you just pulled there, John? So this is a blonde, sort of uh, our flagship beer. You, it's a pretty light-bodied beer. You'll taste a lot of complexity, though, in, in sort of the malt flavors and the hop flavors. So give it a try. Hopefully uh, you like it. Let's try it. Cheers. Cheers. Amman is well-versed in being a hub of relative stability in the region. But it's no sleepy enclave. While I've been in town, people keep talking about the potential and international investment that is turning these roller coaster hills into a tech hub. Meanwhile, there are entrepreneurs and incubators for local businesses here that are trying to give Amman a distinction and edge tuned to its locale. Right now, I'm sat in the low leather chairs at Cantaloupe, a cosy bar in Jebel Amman, and the place is packed with expats and locals down in drinks after a hard day's work. At a time when many of the Arab world's cities are being brought to their knees, Amman remains a city with a swing that very much abides. For Monocle in Amman, I'm Christopher Lord. And that's all for this week's edition of The Voyager. My thanks to Christopher Lord in Amman and Toby Hammond here in London. Next time we'll be heading to Bucharest. I hope you can join us then. 
I'm Steve Bloomfield. Until we board the Voyager again, happy travels.